that learning is part of my self-care. And so it's not the nanny petties, it's not the massages, it's not any of that stuff. If I pick up a good book that helps me engage with myself, it helps shine a light on myself that I didn't know before, I feel so loved up. I just feel like I've just been wrapped in a big cozy blanket hug with kisses and, 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 and all the things. Like that's just my, my self-care. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Knowing Me, Knowing You with Paula. And you guessed right, I am Paula, your host, all the way on the West Coast of Canada. That is the voice of my guest, Heather Stewart, and she is a brand new family member to us here at KMKY. Are you struggling with parenthood, feeling overwhelmed, lost your purpose, or are not sure in what direction you are heading? You're not alone. This is an episode for you. Meet Heather Stewart, the Bliss Coach. And in this insightful and story-filled episode, Heather provides the puzzle pieces to her journey from being a hairstylist, then working in the travel industry and spending time in the best classroom life could offer to going from an overwhelmed parent to finding her bliss. In this episode, she shares on seeking bliss, leaving behind the overwhelm, finding freedom and how letting go of what is not working for you or stealing your joy can become the best step you can take as a parent, spouse, friend and human being. Now, before we head on to this wonderful conversation with Heather, all our details are clickable links in the show notes, including Heather's. Now let's head on in and learn how we can all find bliss with my friend, Heather Stewart. Well, welcome, Heather. It's lovely to have you and welcome to the KMKY family. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and to talk about my favorite words, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part about having guests is all the storytelling and getting to know who my guests are, right? Yeah. Because we all have experiences in life and we've all mm-hmm. come from places. We've all traveled these uh, journeys and and faced forks in the road and made decisions, good and bad. So <laughs> before we head yeah. into our education piece and we can rewind a fraction and just start with Heather. Who is mm-hmm. Heather? Yeah, I'll, I'll try and make it as quick as I can. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I um, I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, to a military family. My dad was is, uh, was a military pilot when I was born. So we did a lot of moving. So every two yeah. or three years, we, we'd move from place to place, mostly across Canada. However, we did do a stint uh, internationally in Kuwait, just after the, the Gulf War. Interesting. So I was 15 at the time, and that was super interesting as a 15-year-old Canadian that had never really traveled internationally at that time. Yeah, it was it was a very interesting time to to be, especially in the Middle East. Um, but I learned so much about myself and about uh, travel, and I think that's probably what sparked future career, which I'll talk about <laughs> in a moment. But yeah. I ended up coming back to Canada to graduate from high school. When I graduated, I really wasn't clear on the direction that I wanted to go. And so mm-hmm. I did some college things. And then I realized that there's a there's a fairly large creative side to myself. 
that I wanted to explore. And one of my older sisters is a hairdresser. So I went to trade school and I became a hairdresser. And um, so I apprenticed for a while and I actually went to hair school. So I worked in the salon for about two years. And I liked it a lot. It was very creative. It was very fast paced, very like, it was just a fun place to be. But what ended up my changing was I asked my boss at the time for a week off to go to Disney World or Disneyland because I'd never been there before as a child. Looked at me, it was like, what are your clients going to do? And I said, well, I think they'll be okay for a week. And that was the really key indicator for me that in order for me to, to fulfill my travel bug, which I had gotten <laughs> when I lived overseas, that maybe being a hairstylist wasn't the right career for myself. Yeah. And I needed to explore different things. A, a really good friend of mine was working with Flight Center. Mm. And they were having the best time. They were succeeding. They were all over the place. And I said, well, okay, well, this is something for me. So I <laughs> switched careers completely. And I started working in travel. And I worked in a retail shop two and a half years. And then I moved over to London to work in uh, the corporate travel aspect of it in a London office. That was amazing. I had such a great mm-hmm. experience. Um, I came back and that's when I started getting into uh, more of a support role. So I, I'm, I, when I was a kid, if you had asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, it was a teacher. So yeah. when I returned from London and I had this opportunity to, to be a part of the support role, I really kind of took more of a, a trainer aspect of training other travel agents on the systems and the policies. And there's a lot involved in being a travel agent that a lot of people don't necessarily know about. So I was helping them kind of learn all those things. And I just, I loved it. I thrived mm-hmm. in that spot. I was just obsessed with helping people grow. And so I worked with that for a really long time for, uh, for about, I think I counted the other day, about 18 years I've been in the travel industry. Uh, support and training and now I'm actually doing I've got my hand in a different um, form of of travel doing HR and recruiting and then in um, March of 2020 just after the pandemic hit is when I I, I entered into the JSHETI certification school to um, to become a life coach and so I graduated in September of 2020 and so since then I've 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 been going forth and becoming an entrepreneur now and uh, building my own business and my own community around uh, around personal growth, personal development, and really making a good space for people to learn and grow about more about themselves. So I appreciate you for for being part of my community because I love I love hearing that my message is with people and it's, yeah. it's hitting people. So that's really good. Yeah, and so I want to take a step back because. Yeah, we both have something very in common, and that is the travel yeah. industry. Because what a yeah. lot of listeners don't know about me is that I I also worked in the travel industry for an extended period of time. Flight Center used to be one of my clients, so yeah, and so I, I thought this is just so crazy that we had the same connection. But what I found interesting is that each of the roles that you've you've been in within the industry have been very service driven service orientated mm-hmm. and you're very much now in a a support type of role right and 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 work yeah. moving into the education side is very much a support type role which is so similar mm-hmm. to where you're moving you know now starting to turn your career direction and that is within the life coaching and personal development arena, 
fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot different conversations that I'm having now. Not, not about yeah. uh, which beach holiday you're going to go on, um, <laughs> although you might be guiding parents to take a beach holiday because that is where they'll find their bliss. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Right? Well, yeah. mind you, you could do both, right? Because you've got the travel and you see some parents that are really feeling overwhelmed and say, guys, maybe yeah. you just need a holiday. <laughs> need a break. And I can help you with that too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. when we look at the, the industry itself, what have been some of the most important lessons you've learned during your time in the industry? Any fun stories about travel? I mean, I've learned so much. It's, it's been such a growth opportunity and the travel industry is, has given me so many amazing gifts in the form of personal growth and knowledge about how to how to be the person that I want to be. It's really mm. given me that direction. Um, but travel stories, I mean, I have some of the most amazing travel experiences. I was able to travel for six months through Southeast Asia and Mexico. I took six months off and, and I traveled and some of the most amazing other vacations that I've been on. And what it's also allowed me to do is see parts of the world that I never would have even dreamed of before. Mm. which travel is the only thing you can buy that makes you richer. That There's a famous mm. quote that says that. And it's, and it's really true because the experiences and, and what you're able to wit- be witness to, experiencing different cultures, experiencing different um, parts of nature and, and just parts of the planet are things that you will always carry with you no matter yes. what. Be richer in, in culture and spirit. Truly, it really is, is just one of those things that you can never spend money on travel and have it be a, a negative thing. Even if you have a bad experience when you're traveling, <laughs> it's still a learning experience about right? what you love and don't love. And you'll see always things that are just amazing. And the travel industry has been a huge gift in my life for sure. I must admit it has been for me. And right from high school, all I wanted to do was get out of high, high school and get on an airplane <laughs> and experience yeah. the world and travel, right? Yep. And, you know, I've traveled quite extensively like yourself and, and the experiences that I've had. And I truly do believe that one of the best classrooms as people that we can put ourselves into experiencing that life outside of your own community and your own borders and your own country. Yeah. Yeah. It's both humbling and grounding and heartwarming and it's just everything wrapped into one one yeah. amazing experience that you can have when you when you go and see a different culture and different humans and different landscapes and have different experiences. It's just like incredible. Yeah. If anyone yeah. wanted to yeah. get involved in the travel industry, mm-hmm. where would they start? I mean, any tips you could give or share? Yeah, I um I definitely feel as though that as much as people probably have a passion for booking their own travel to become a travel agent, there is a little bit more involved in that. So first I would do some research and find a really good school to attend. And what the schooling is really going to do is to make sure that you are set up with solid foundations to build on um, as you grow your business. It's going to tell you the ins and outs of, of booking travel for other people and it's going to allow you to understand the rules and regulations around it. There are some rules and regulations that it's really good to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Also, tap into that entrepreneurial aspect of yourself. Even if you're a travel agent within a within an agency, you still are your own entrepreneur in that sense. So really tap into that entrepreneurial 
um, energy within yourself and figure out how to grow a business because it is fun to book travel, but it's still a business and you're there to make money. So you want to make sure that you're setting it up in such a way that you have the fun and, and, and fulfillment of booking travel, but you're also there making a living. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I think that's not all play. It's there's some work involved there as well. Oh, absolutely. Challenges absolutely. as well. Right? Yeah. 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 And find a mentor, find a travel agent that you can look at and think, I want to emulate them in my own way, but I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm following in their footsteps and, 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 maybe even get them to mentor you in regards to how to build the business that you want. A lot of travel agents get stuck in just booking whatever comes to them. And I'm really, what I've been really passionate about in that part of the industry is helping them build the business that they want, build Mm -hmm. the, the clients that book the type of travel that they are really passionate about. Some people really like cruising and some agents hate booking cruises. So you don't want to, grow a business booking cruises if you don't like it so build the the audience and the clients that are same type of travel that you have the passion beautiful yeah. share i love that you're in the, you're on this new journey you've mm. become a jay shetty certified coach yeah what, in, what inspired because obviously personal development is something that is important to you so what has inspired your personal development journey yeah I think what often gets coaches into this into this position is their own journey. And so what I left out of my personal journey is that I had a daughter six years ago and she's the just bright, shiny star in my life. I love her so much and I am so blessed to have her in my world. Um, saying that becoming a mom has been one of the biggest struggles, transitions in my life. No matter how many things transitions, moves I've been through in my life. Becoming a mom was one that I'm always very frank with with my journey into it was not easy. It was not fun. I did not like it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, so my journey to becoming a life coach really started with my transition and and coming to terms with my journey into becoming a mom. I became a mom late, later in life, 37 when I had her. And I had all this time to to conjure up this grand image of what me being a mom was going to be like. And when it came down to it, and when I actually became a mom, it had, there was not, (laughs) I was so wrong about it. I was so wrong. I saw something, uh, a great reel the other day. It was like, I was a really good parent until I became a mom. (laughs) And it's just perfect because before you become a parent, you just are able to come up with all these grand ideas until it happens and you're in the middle of it and you're tired and you're exhausted and you have not had any time to yourself and you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> so um, my month, my year off of um, after my, for my mat leave was a struggle in and of itself. But I was like, oh, when I go back to work, I'll be able to get like myself back and I'll start getting, it'll, it'll start evening out a little bit. Uh, and it made it worse. To be honest, as soon as I returned back to work from my one year mat leave, that is when things really started getting real. When I was a teenager, I had suffered from some pretty bad depression. I was hospitalized and on meds and things like that. And and through that journey, however, I've grown quite a bit. I knew I never wanted to get back to that spot again. And so um, about eight months into my um, my return back to work from uh, from my mat leave, that's when I started kind of sensing that depression kind of lurking behind me. I could start mm. 
sensing that it was coming on again. And because I was so attuned to how it felt before, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, I can't. I can't allow this to happen. And what was the biggest challenge for me is I was commuting three plus hours a day. I was working eight and a half hours a day. And I was paying someone a ton of money to spend more time with my daughter than I was getting. And I was really just angry. I was just frustrated and angry. And I was just like, this can't be it. And on my commute home one day, I remember this day so clearly, I was rushing home and traffic was horrendous. And I broke down and I just pulled over and I bawled my eyes out. Because I was like, I can't, there's something has to give here. Like there Mm. has to be something. And I just hadn't, I had no idea where to start. I felt Mm. hopeless and I felt lost and I felt completely disconnected from who I wanted to be as well as who I currently was. Like I was kind of in this weird limbo of not who I was before I was a mom, not really connecting to myself as a mom. And I was just kind of like, who am I? What is going on here? And how the heck do I get out of this? Because this does not feel good. And I don't know what happened while I was crying that day, but something inside of me, the fighter in me started bubbling up. And I literally just like went from like the ugly cry to stop. I just stopped crying. And I was like, that's it. I've, I've had it. I'm done. I have to figure this out. And I stopped crying. I wiped my tears off. And I was like, okay, she deserves something better. She deserves a mom that's willing to fight. And, and that's what, that's what was the catalyst for me. I still really had no idea where to start, but I knew that I wanted to try new things. And that was really where a lot of parents struggle is that is that will to try things and knowing that they might fail. They always feel like they have to be perfect at everything. So if you try something that doesn't work a few times, maybe they end up feeling deflated and defeated. And they're just like, oh, nothing's going to work. But that day for me, I don't know how, but I, I, I mustered up the courage to just keep trying. And for me, the biggest thing was time. I had no time. I mean, so much of my day was spent working. And so I just tried to figure out ways to find the time to mm-hmm. explore different things. And it started super small. It started five minutes here, 10 minutes there. But once I was able to really build the habit of finding those little minutes, I was able to find even more little minutes and Mm. even more little minutes. And then I was able to kind of break the mindset of being stuck and understanding that I had the power over things. And so sister and I had a baby around the same time. Her and I really connected about feeling the same way. So we started a Facebook group called Connecting to Bliss. And so we were posting daily on little tips, little tricks and stuff that we were trying that was working for us or not working to help people kind of be like, oh, well, if it's working for them, it might work for me sort of thing. And in 2019, my travel business um, had a conference. And rather than talking about systems and travel stuff, I because I'm the, the trainer, I focused all of my content on personal development, creating self-care, understanding mm-hmm. how your own self-care can impact your business and why that's so important. And I just left there going, oh my gosh, this is what I need. (laughs) (laughs) I need to do this daily. I love impacting people's businesses, but I wanted to shift and impact their lives. And so after that, I was like, okay, I need to figure something out. I had a few conversations with a life coach friend of mine. Because I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. I just knew yeah. it was kind of in this realm. And then he can he talked to me. He's like, Heather, it's a life coach. He's like, 
really life coach is so kooky like I just didn't <laughs> I didn't like the name of it and then I did some more research and and that was in like January February of 2020 before the pandemic hit and then I'd always in my own self-development had discovered Jay Shetty and it just His really messages are always right yeah. yeah yeah and so anyway so because I followed him I got word that he was starting a school what yeah. a beautiful way to come to a realization when you're already in a space of education to come to realization and go, this is what I need to do. So when we look at personal development, because like for myself, I've had a journey from as far back as I can remember. Do you have kind of the same journey where you would always tap into self-help or what did it come a lot later in life for you? Well, because of my depression, in high school, I was definitely um, more attuned to development. It definitely took a pause kind of after high school. I think that's the biggest thing that's, that's changed in me. And one of the core philosophies in, in myself that I have for myself is learning. Always be learning. I have a dorky mm. ADL. It goes in my head all the time. Because for me, I have discovered that learning is part of my self-care. And so it's not the many petties, it's not the massages, it's not any of that stuff. If I pick up a good book that helps me engage with myself, it helps shine a light on myself that I didn't know before, I feel so loved up. I just feel like I've just been wrapped in a big cozy blanket hug with kisses and and and, and all the things. Like that's just my my self-care. And so after my high school stint of depression, I kind of stepped stepped away from that. I don't know why. I think it was more like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just living life and doing all that stuff. But that day in my car, when I broke down, I have been a sponge to anything and everything self-development. Like I, I can't, it's like an insatiable craving that I cannot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't stop. Like, it's just like, yeah. I'm always reading. I, I think I'm reading four books right now on at the same time. <laughs> two on Audible, two paper books from my <laughs> library. Like I'm just like, I'm just, I can't. And yeah. all I watch is, is documentaries and mm. self-development. Things. Like, nice. just, it won't stop. Yeah. So, also, I watch yeah. a lot of documentaries. I love yeah. to, yeah, my yeah. favorite. Yeah. yeah. I will say this, that before I started in self-development, I was far more interested in reading biographies. So my interest in people and how they tick was something that was always a big thing for me. So I've read so many biographies yeah. from people that that really and I think looking back now it makes sense because I was just trying to get to know how how people are and like yes. what makes people be the way they are so yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, well, and, <laughs> and I know me. you really like biographies too. Right? Yeah, I I mean that's all I ever read besides, you know, personal development, my my go-to yeah. is an autobiography. I really struggle to sit down with a fiction book. Learn, and that's why I started this platform. Right, was because of learning about people, and through people's journeys and stories, we learn a little bit more about ourselves. So you call yourself the bliss coach. Now I love the word Mm. bliss because when (laughs) I think of the word bliss, I think of you know uh, peace. I think Mm. of calm. I think of tranquility. Right, patience, maybe. So why did you choose specifically the term bliss coach? As I mentioned, I started a group 
gosh, four years ago with my sister and it was called Connecting to Bliss. And the reason we chose Bliss and the reason I still choose Bliss is because Bliss is different to every single person. And Bliss is it's one of those terms that although we feel like we know what it is, we actually would have, like if I asked you what Bliss is and asked 10 other people, we would all come up with different things. And so why Bliss is important to me is because every parent is different. Every family is different. And who I serve are families and, and parents specifically. And I want to help them understand what their true Bliss is. And Bliss is more... It's deeper than happiness. It's deeper than patience. It's deeper than habits. It's deeper than all that stuff. It's an innate awareness that you're going to be okay. And sometimes as a parent, you feel so overwhelmed and so just pulled in 10 million different directions. It's hard to really stand by that core belief that things are going to be okay. The other kind of describe it is oftentimes parents feel like their head is right here above water like they are just treading and they're just like (gasps) and then they have to go back under like they're just grabbing those breaths so what bliss is is it's about bringing the water down and knowing that that they're okay no matter what's happening around them and it's about understanding the tools that you have you may not have an awareness of them yet but you have the tools to make sure that you know that you're going to be okay and everyone's going to have different tools. And that's why I use the word bliss is because it's your own personal bliss. And it's going to be different than everyone else's bliss. But it's really just about understanding that you're going to be okay. And that you're doing your very best. And so are your kids. And so is your partner. And so is everyone around you. But yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of understanding that you're going to be okay. And understanding the tools to get you to that place. There's been a generational change, a societal change in parents that for some reason, the shift has been from it takes a village to raise a child to know you have to do it on your own. Mm. And the realities are is that we can't do it all, all on our own. We can't be the, the mom, the dad, the employee, the entrepreneur, the best friend, the wife, the, the daughter. The, like you, you can't be everything and be at your best all the time. And so what I really want to help is that I want to bring that sense of community back to parents and have them understand that it's okay to ask for support for some reason again with that societal change is that if you ask for help you're less than or you're not good enough or something's broken inside of you and I really want to destigmatize that that need for support and help parents understand that it's okay saying that's so coined right now that it's okay to not be okay and to ask for help yeah, that doesn't mean that you're any less of a parent or person or any less amazing at what you do. It just means that you need some support. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed on your website that um, there was a stat that you had there that m- 9 million and it maybe it's even higher now, I don't know, but 9 million working mothers in the United States alone suffer from burnout and affects all aspects of our life, you know, from our mental yeah. to our physical health yeah. to our relationships. And you'd said there, you know, everything in between. And what was beautiful there is that you have these three pillars that really stood out for me. And mm-hmm. it was about control, balance, and patience. So maybe we can tap into that a little bit and 
and talk about control. How does a parent create control or gain control (laughs) in their lives when they're in this space of overwhelm? Well, my response might be a little controversial in the sense of, I think our sense of control is actually what's hurting us the most and our want for control. I think the realities of parenting now is that we are in a state of fight or flight all the time in regards to gaining control of our lives. And the reality is, is that just because we're a parent and just because they are our children doesn't mean we get to control them. <laughs> There's a huge, huge um, misconception with kids that, that we are their controllers. And controlling children is a farce and it's never going to happen. And if you try to continue to control the kids, especially, you're going to create a very dysfunctional relationship with your kids. And so while control is something that we crave, I really try to encourage people to release that control in some ways. Now, I'm not saying just let them run around and be crazy. No, no, no. But to a certain extent, you do have to release the control. I also feel as though a lot of parents are trying to control themselves so much that they're mm. stifled and they really have no joy. Control and joy are the opposites of one another. You can't really have mm. have joy if you have so much control in your life. So we really do need to let go of that control and just be like, have fun, find the joy in your life, be silly, let your house get messy, who cares, you don't need to control the state of everything all the time. And it it is really just about letting go. A lot of what I talk about with my parents is expectations. There's a ton of expectations that we put on ourselves. And they're not being maintained or expected from anyone else except ourselves. And so in order for us to really find our bliss and find our joy and find our happiness or peace or whatever word you want to attach to how you want what you want your life to be like, it's around removing those expectations of yourself, of your family, of your partner, of your work, everything. It's just understanding people are at the spots they're in because that's where they are. They're doing their very best and just do what you can and be at your best in that moment. Mm. The next pillar there is balance. And I think that works mm. really well because how do you create balance if you're letting go, go of control? <laughs> right. It's kind of, yeah, it, it kind of works against each mm-hmm. other, right? You're the professional here. How do we then create balance as parents if right. we're letting go of that control, right? Right. So again, balance, I, I uh, maybe another controversial um, shift in perspective, but I actually think balance is a, is a bit of a farce. It's a lot of what we are searching for, but balance implies equality. And not everything in our life is equal. Not everything mm-hmm. in our life has the same equality in the sense of how it speaks to our core values, how it speaks to our soul, how it speaks to the cohesive collaboration that is a family. And so balance is actually not not achievable. What I really strive to help people with is harmony, putting the right amount of time and energy into the things that are important to them, putting the right amount of time and uh, energy into the things that speak to their soul, that speak to their core values, that speak to the harmony of the family unit. Um, But first, it's about understanding what those things are. A lot of people attach themselves to core values that are kind of as the society core values when really they need to look inward to figure out their own core values what's truly important to them Mm -hmm. and 
time and energy on those things. A really good example, and actually I was listening to a podcast the other day and the mom was talking about this. She realized that one of her core values was having healthy meals. And so she spent more time and energy focusing on making sure that she had healthy meals on the table for her kids and less time and energy focusing on the cleanliness of her house. And that spoke to her because it was speaking to her core values. She didn't, she let go of the expectation of having a clean house all the time because Mm. she was putting the right time and energy into the thing that actually spoke to her core values. And that was like, that was perfect. It was just like, oh yes, like that is what we need to spend time doing. Understand what truly means something to us and spend more time and energy in those things and creating harmony and not balance. Yeah. And I think here as well, something that is huge and a lot of people often are concerned about is judgment. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So those two, I mean, with the control and the balance that you're trying to be the best parent that you can. So you're trying to be as in control as possible. You're trying to balance and harmony in your life, but everything's kind of chaotic. And then you feel like you're being judged. Yeah. Play a huge factor in affecting, again, that relationship with yourself, relationship with your children, relationship with your spouse, and relationship as a whole as the situation that's unfolding of overwhelm in front of you. Then your third pillar there is patience. And you talk about self-care and patience. So how do we become more patient through self-care then? Yeah. So if you think about patience and the lack of patience, on a subconscious level, it is your subconscious mind basically screaming, what about me? Mm. Anytime you're in a space where you're losing your patience, it's because your subconscious mind is losing itself in what is happening around you. And a lot of, from a parent's perspective, a lot of the times we are spending time taking care of other people compassionately caregiving as much as we possibly can. And sometimes it's to our fault how much we're actually caregiving. We actually don't need to caregive as much as we are, but we feel like that's the validation that we're looking for as a parent to be a good parent is that we're just like over caregiving. And so when we're lacking patience, it's it's because from a soul level, from an internal subconscious level, There's nothing feeding your soul. There's nothing feeding your energy and you don't have anything left to give. So that's when when your patience is just gone. Self-care is the best defense if you have no patience because it allows you to refocus into your inner self. It allows you to refocus into your soul. It allows you to fill up your energy. It recharges your energy. So you have the, um, the tools that when something happens that would normally trigger you to be impatient, you have the strength to sit back and say, how do I want to react right now? Who is the person I want to be in this moment? And without that care, without that love, you just don't have it within you. You, It's just not something that that you're capable of. And so many parents struggle... I speak to so many moms that I just want my patience back. I said, okay, well, when is the last time you actually gave yourself patience and gave yourself care and gave yourself love? And 99 times out of 100, <laughs> it's, oh, well, I had a bath the other day. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's very far and few between. And it's, 
it's one of the biggest shifts that I made for myself. And I've seen countless times for parents, if they start spending the time on themselves, they're able to start then choosing to become the person that they truly want to be rather than just reacting. It gives them the resilience to be able to react in a way that they actually choose. Yeah. I mean, we're talking specifically because parents really are who you work with and parents who are feeling overwhelmed and mums, single mums. But what the information you've just shared is really relatable to someone like me who is not a mother and anyone else that is out there. So for listeners that are listening, I mean, you shared some beautiful golden nuggets there about it's important that when we lose our patience, what our subconscious is telling us, and that when we take time out for ourselves, that we're feeding our energy. You know, we we are mm-hmm. giving ourselves a time to refocus. Um, you know, we are recharging. Also, say to ourselves, well, how do I want to react? And again, something I often come up, and a friend of mine has taught me through how she acts is, is it important if I say something? I mean, is it really going to make a difference? Is it going to change the situation? Maybe it's better I just keep quiet. I mean, I think I I posted this on Instagram the other day. The most important relationship you can have is the one you have with yourself. Yeah. All of the rest of your life is is a reflection of the relationship you have with yourself. Because how you speak and have a relationship with yourself is how you mirror the relationships you have with other people. Mm-hmm. And so if you're continually having negative self-talk, if you're continually talking down to yourself, if you're continually thinking that you're not good enough, you're not worthy, and you're not deserving, relationship will be reflected with every single person around you yeah, in some form or another. And so... I am adamant that in order for you to find bliss, in order for you to find happiness, joy, it doesn't matter what's around you. You have to look in first. You have to build a solid foundation relationship with yourself. Get to know yourself. Have those tough conversations with yourself. And I know it sounds crazy that you have to have conversations with yourself, but you truly (laughs) do. Because if you're not connected with yourself and, and understanding, like I was mentioning before, before you react to something in an impatient way, you have to stop and have that internal conversation and say, okay, who do I want to be right now? And that's a tough conversation to have mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. with yourself and someone else. If you're questioning yeah. what they're doing and how yeah, they are looking or... like they're going to react, it's yeah. a tough conversation. So yeah. it takes strength, it takes perseverance, and it takes love. And that's why self-care is such an important tool for people because it creates that type of love feeling for themselves that will take them through those tough conversations, those tough developments and, and growth moments that you're inevitably going to have as you're on this journey. Cause it's, it ain't it easy. I right. I was just about to say, I mean, here <laughs> as human beings, we're on this journey of growth. That is what we're here for is to grow yep. and evolve and, yep. and learn. Right. And, and throughout our lives, we are affected by so many um, different factors depending on, you know, where you were born, who your parents are, the environment yeah. that you have grown up in, you know, schooling as society, mm-hmm. you know, affects all yeah. of that, how we think about ourselves, the reality, what is the reality? And so those can affect the relationships that we have with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think the biggest part about coaching is that as parents, we're, we're so focused on taking care of other people. So it's hard for parents to sit back and think, okay, I'm going to take care of myself now. 
Yeah. But I really want to help parents, especially understand that if you look after yourself, it's going to ripple out to the rest of your family. Just like that metaphor on airplanes, when you put your own air mask on first before you can help your child, in order for you to really truly be the best parent for your kids, you have to first take care of yourself. Because I do feel like dads, especially, tend to be the silent sufferers. They don't feel as though they are able to speak their truth around how overwhelmed they truly are because the false expectation that they have to be the breadwinner and they have to be okay all the time. And there's so many like societal expectations around men and mental health that it just, I just want it abolished. I just Mm -hmm. want it gone. And I just want them to be able to get the same love and care that they deserve. I do think that we are now in a space of uh, evolution a revolution mm. is happening yes, in that world yeah. for people. And I think it is it will be a wonderful journey as people do become parents, you yeah. know, especially for men and mental health and more and more people will be coming out and yeah. talking about it, right? It's just becoming yeah. more prominent. Yeah. So do you have any, you know, tips besides the first and foremost, we talk about self-care for parents and single mums, for dads out there, you know, with with parents that are feeling that overwhelm and, you know, just feeling kind of lost. And like you, that mom that broke down in the car and just... Two things. One, don't settle. I think the biggest thing that I hear with parents is that they're in a perpetual state of burnout. And that's actually just five stages of burnout. And the last one is just habitual burnout where they just feel like this is how it has to be until the kids are grown and they're in the rocking chair on their their balcony like (laughs) you don't have to settle for you don't have to settle for a life that you're not okay with and it takes some courage to actually say the words I'm not okay where I'm at but know that you don't have to settle for it and there is ways for you to make small shifts in your world that aren't catastrophic. They're not meaning that you're completely not grateful and not happy in your life, but they're just small shifts that you can make day to day that can make you more genuinely who you are at at a core level. And that's the other tip that I was going to say is start small. I remember when I, when I was in my car that day and I broke down the thought of completely changing my world, like, I thought, okay, so what do I have control over? What can I change? And there wasn't a lot that I could change in that moment. I still had to work because financially we're in a situation that I had to work. So I was still going to have to commute three plus hours a day. I still was going to have to work my eight and a half hours. My daughter was still going to have to go to daycare. But what I ended up doing is focusing on what I could control. And it's just those little tiny shifts that I was able to make. And then once you get used to that little shift, For me, it was taking five minutes to just read an article or (laughs) read something online that was inspiring to me. You're then able to open your mind up and become more open to the idea of, okay, maybe I can find 10 minutes to do this. And then once you're comfortable with that, then you can find more time. And it it ends up becoming easier because you're in a, a habit of overwhelm you're in a habit of burnout so in order for you to break that habit you don't rip off the band-aid because our minds will just explode (laughs) (laughs) you need to make small little shifts to allow your your system and your your energy to be okay with the shift I mean there's 
you don't need to jump off the cliff in order to make changes in your life. It's all just yeah. about little things that add up to big things. Yeah. And so that those are the two big things that I would probably say. You don't have to settle in that. Just start small. Start with little things that you can do to start shifting your perspective, your mindset, your habits, anything. And and you can you can change one thing at a time. If you want to change a habit first, focus on that little habit, on that habit and make small changes. And once you've got that down, then focus on your mindset and then make small habits and changes in, in your mindset and it'll eventually grow. And that's why it, it takes patience. <laughs> <laughs> that big word. <laughs> that can make people yeah. feel sometimes uncomfortable. But this this these tips that you're sharing, I think, are great for anyone and everyone. Anyone and everyone that is feeling overwhelmed, yeah. unsure, don't know yeah. where to start, need to make changes. These two tips, I mean, you know, I thought about it, I thought, wow, this is this is really great. It's something that I can really think about in situations where I do feel overwhelmed. So I think that message alone is a message for everybody, not just for parents, right? <laughs> so on your on your website, you have a parenting guide, a, a burnout, parenting burnout guide. What yeah. can people find in that guide? What what will they discover so, in that guide? Yeah. So what I when I in my research around burnout, I, I discovered that a lot of people don't really know what it is. <laughs> it's this <laughs> word that that often gets thrown around. Oh, I'm so burnt out. But yeah. in reality, there's quite a bit of science behind it. So within my burnout guide, I really help people understand what burnout is and what are the signs to look for to, to truly understand if you are burnt out or um or not. Um there's another stat I wanted to give you, Paula, that now 80% of parents, not even just working parents, 80% of parents are burnt out, which is huge. During the pandemic, it's been such a struggle for parents because they have to do everything all the time. Time, right? And yeah, so homeschooling. That's why that's what really catapulted me to create this burnout guide. So what it is, is it tells you what burnout is, what causes it. Um, what are the common uh, symptoms of burnout um, and how to address it and, and what you can do to try and reverse the burnout because burnout is a progressive, I don't want to call it disease, but it, it's progressive and it can lead to some very, some very, very, very significant and impactful consequences if it's not dealt with. And so I really want to help give that reference to, to parents to help stop the burnout in whatever stage it's in yeah. to try and reverse the effects of it. Yeah. Yeah. And now your, your connection details are going to be clickable links in the show notes. You have an Instagram account. Where else can people connect with you on social media? Yeah. Besides so Instagram. I do have a business page on Facebook. So it's, um, connecting to Bliss Coaching on Facebook. I do have a website as well. It's got some other um, tools on there. I can I can briefly tell you, but the website is connectingtoblisscoaching.com. So some other uh, tools that I have on my website. So I've got the burnout guide on there. There's also a 10 minute a day self-care challenge for you to download. It's got a bazillion different ways of um, uh, different ideas for self-care. If you're stuck and you don't know what self-care is going to work for you, 
There is a daily challenge on there as well as um, my 10 tips for the burnt out parent. So those are some some other free references that you can get on my website. Just go to the freebies tab and they're on there. (laughs) (laughs) We like freebies, right? The best things in life are for free. Right? Perfect. (laughs) Well, Heather, this has been a beautiful conversation, a wonderful information Mm -hmm. share. I mean, I feel like we could sit for a lot longer and talk about this topic because there's so much more that we could delve in. So thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paula. I really appreciate you. And I would absolutely love to come back. I love talking to you. I love how many things we have in common and how we both have the same sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, listeners, we have come to the end of this wonderful episode with our friend, Heather Stewart, the Bliss Coach. Again, all our details are clickable links in the show notes. I have one favor to ask. Please rate and review episodes that you enjoy because this helps others who may come upon this podcast and wonder whether it is all worth a listen. Thank you for your support. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye for now.